0: today uh it's a beautiful day we're going to have a church picnic uh going on for this afternoon and and this morning we're privileged to have steve Prelgavisk uh with us this morning and many of you met steve before he's been here several times uh but anyway steve is our missionary to puerto rico and uh last night steve and i were able to talk and had a good visit and uh uh, I don't know much about Puerto Rico, but uh, in talking, uh, it was interesting to me to hear how different these uh, different places are that our missionaries are uh, in. And uh, some of the simple things that we tend to take for granted just aren't that way out in the field. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, I got thinking about that, and Pastor Steele has been giving us world missions information like he we've been to scotland now and we've been to the czech republic and uh the purpose there was to to make us uh realize there's more going on in the world than just right here in, in everson and uh but anyway i got thinking that uh, a great way to do that would be to go to the websites of our missionaries and uh you can find those addresses uh web internet addresses on these little cards we've got them on our prayer ministry table steve uh, also has a uh a table set up out in the foyer, out there, with uh, on Puerto Rico, that you should really check out and take a look at. But uh, anyway, that'd be a great way to uh, to to uh, expand on Pastor Steele's uh, effort on uh, on world missions. And uh, but anyway, with all that said, uh, this morning it'd be my pleasure and my privilege to give you guys Steve Progovisk.
1: Okay, are we all? Okay, I guess I'm heading up to the pulpit. Is that the idea? Oh. And Pastor, um, is that a clock back there? Okay. <laughs> all right. It's kind of dangerous to have a missionary speak because we're used to, in Latin America, you know, I, I preached a sermon once, and um, before I knew Spanish, I preached an entire message, and then the translator said, is that it? You know, some of these people walked like an hour to get here today, and they don't want any 40-minute message, you know? And so, he, he basically, he started at the beginning and re-preached my message and added things. (laughs) You know, so uh, he wanted them to get their, you know, their their, their times with. So, anyway, my name is Steve Prelogovic. Uh I've been here before a number of times, but, you know, some of you are new. You haven't seen me. Some, uh, some of you older, the, you've grown up in the church. Maybe you haven't seen us before, and so I'd like to reintroduce myself. My name is Prologovsk. That's, uh, was well, Lithuanian, but, you know, I'm not going to go into the genealogy, but uh, I'll help you say it. Can you say prel like the shampoo? And go like a missionary goes? And like I say a visk, brum, like visk, you know? Can you say prel go visk? Yeah, prel go visk. If you can't remember that, remember that little missionary from that island far, far away. And so uh, I tell people, God sent me to a small island. It's 35 miles by 113. Wow. You know? But there's half the population of Washington State on that island. So he made me small so I could fit in you know, to, that, to, that, to that small island, that dense population. Well, I like to, um, a lot of missionaries, they, show their, their, they, call, they, they, call, they still call them slides or PowerPoints, you know. Even PowerPoint, they call them slides. But they show the PowerPoint, and then they have a message. I kind of like to do it a little different. I like to start with the verse, an illustration, show my, uh, give a missionary update, and then uh, end with some verses, and so this will be kind of like in the middle. If we could turn in our Bibles, if we'd be so kind, to turn to the book of Psalms. You'll find that about in the middle of your Bible. Uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 19. Now, this is an illustration I've given before, and uh, some of you that have know us will remember it. But I'm doing this uh, as a reintroduction of ourselves to a new group that might be among you so uh, Psalms 19 uh, verse 1 the heavens where's that the heavens right above right or the sky the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament or the sky showeth his handiwork day under day uttereth speech and night under night showeth knowledge that means by looking up, you can learn something, right? Looking up, you can learn something. God speaks to us. And what's up there in this night sky? What's up there in the night sky that can teach you something? What's up there? You ever look up? You ever look up? Everybody walk around looking at your feet. You're looking for a loose change on the ground. I don't know. But if you ever look up at night, what, you might, what might you see? Stars. stars, right? Now, are the stars close or are they far away? So, the more we study them, we find out the farther and farther they are away. So, how long is the arm of God to put those stars up there? The more we learn about the stars, the we realize how much, how bigger our God is than we had ever imagined. You know, so we can learn a lot about that. Well, so God has his missionary program. He's got the skies full of stars all around the world teaching the nation some rudimentary truths about himself. Now, I'd like to have brought a star with me today, but instead I got this. That's the only star I can bring you from my island, Puerto Rico. This is a starfish. Now, I'd like to say, you know, it has these uh, uh, five things sticking out of it. And what are these things called? They're arms, right? they arms? Somebody said arms? Uh, and... They're all joined together at the center. Now, you might call an arm is like a member of your body. This is one of your members, right? You've heard a dismemberment. You lose an arm, okay? You cause you lost a member. Well, this has five members, and they're all joined together in the center, and they all work together to support the unit. All right. Does that sound like anything? Do you do you know anything that has members that need to work together to support the group? You heard of a unit like that? It's called the church, isn't it? So there's something interesting about the starfish. If you if it loses an arm, what happens to the arm it lost? What happens to the missing arm? It grows a new arm. And they didn't know this for a while. But in Australia, they would find um, uh, starfish and they chop them up with their knives and throw them back in the water because they're eating. They're competing with the oysters and clam population. So, but they found out that the problem kept getting worse and worse. And they found out that they were just reproducing more quickly when they chopped them up. Because their arms kept growing back. They weren't, they weren't killing them. But they found out something interesting. If the piece of the arm they detached was connected to the center, not only would the starfish grow a new arm, but the arm would grow a new starfish. Isn't that amazing? Now, what would, what would that be like if it happened to us? You get in a car accident... They put you in the hospital, they put your arm in another bed, and two of you would walk out. <laughs> then you have a fight about who's going to go to work and who's going to stay home, and then, then there'll be four of you, and then you know add infinitum. So you know that's just a, just, just a, a way to say that when you lose a member. God finds a way to replace the, the, give the body the member it needs so it can function well and and flourish and prosper in the future. But what happens to the the members that are taken away? We're We're a member of a church. You know, we're a member that came up here to go to seminary but i joined a church I met my wife in that church i was determined that i was gonna if i was gonna marry somebody i wanted it to be from the same tribe and what i meant by that was the same christian family what like faith and practice and preferably from my own church and so i find a young lady in my, the church i was assistant pastor and uh... thrilled to have married her i definitely married up you know it was a, a great experience but uh, she and I, we left that church, and the church lost us. But you know what? We were that member that was separated, and that's painful when you're when you're away from your friends. And uh, we used to play Uno at two, two in the morning with some friends, you know, and games like that. And then you're on the mission field. And you barely speak the English, the, the I mean, the language there, and nobody wants you over to their house if you can't talk to them. <laughs> Socially, it's hard to make friends when you when it's hard work for them to understand your your bad uh, Spanish when you first started. And so we had a, We that first term was pretty rough on us, but you know what? We prospered, and the Lord through our the missing member that was planted in the Caribbean Sea, new, new bodies have come. Uh, From that new churches, and so while the churches here have been replacing members that are lost, we're the member that was cast into another ocean, replacing churches and starting churches. So that's kind of an illustration I like to give about uh, what a missionary is and what a missionary does. Now we will have. I see they have the. the, That's really nice how you how you have the setup, Pastor. I can see people complain about seeing the missionary's head. Now you're going to see me squint. Like that, so that'll be a big improvement. Okay, Puerto rico you could seen it up there. It's strategic, right? We're going to see what that's about. Uh, it's way out there, a thousand miles out in the Caribbean. It's over two and a half hours from Florida, you know, by by uh, you know JetBlue or the other airlines. So it's it's out there, but in a way, it's closer to the U.S. than you might think. We're part of the U.S. economy. A part of the we use the U.S. money out there. There, Puerto Rico is on the back of one of the quarters. Um, there is an independence party in Puerto Rico. They want Port, uh, some people want the island to become its own nation. Uh, but there's a statehood party, also. So there's vying political currents on our island. We're not a state, and we're not uh, our own country. We're somewhere in between. So there's always this. They call it status status issues. People want it that defined. So they recently had a vote. You see that blue bar up there? That's the statehood party. And they got over 97% of the vote recently. It hasn't been always true. And... Here's why. Since uh, the time of Eleanor Roosevelt, when Puerto Rico began receiving um, uh, financial aid and programs, they have a government that eventually accumulated $72 billion in debt. It's kind of like they can't borrow any more money, and so they're in really, really tight straits right now. So the Puerto Ricans have been, are saying, what we've been, we've been doing for so long The chickens finally have come home to roost. And we just can't keep running the island the same way. So they're trying to make a change. But despite the poor economy, uh, and despite the political uh, winds that blow in different directions, the people remain. There's the people in the country going about their lives. uh, Business owners, small business owners, going about their business in the cities. Families going out and, and just getting together with friends to have fun together. Uh, people in the streets, uh, you know, a uh, capital, people out there, and they all, they don't need more politics. What they need is, what you have right here, is the saving message of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, do you know that verse? That he gave his only begotten son, Like right? And Puerto Rico is part of that world that God loved, that he gave a son for. And they need to hear about that. Well, uh, we, I went up to Puerto Rico. I did not go alone. I took my lovely wife, uh, Tina, formerly Dorsey of Tacoma, Washington. And we had four daughters and raised them on the mission field. Last year we became empty nesters as our last, as a, our, last uh, our fourth daughter uh, graduated and got married. So those are four daughters um, uh, Bethany first, then Rachel, and then Sarah, and then Kristen. Okay, next slide. Click is so my, my invisible clicker. Bethany, she uh, married a, a seminary student. And now she, he and her husband are serving in St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands, 90 miles away. So, they're in the ministry. They adopted uh, a gypsy orphan from Bulgaria. And uh, they went out to Bulgaria last year and picked him up. And on the way there, they found out she was pregnant. <laughs> to get him. And so uh, now they, yeah, last year they went from uh, zero kids to two. So that was quite a year for us that we were involved in that process. We, our second daughter, Rachel, she married uh, a young man named Max, also a seminary student, and Abe's brother. So our two daughters married two brothers. And one marriage ceremony, and I got to do the wedding. And so it saved a lot of money on the reception. And so doing, doing two in one. So we do try, Pastor, we do try to be economical with the, the support. So, <laughs> so uh, Rachel had uh, three daughters, uh, two sons. This is Rachel Wednesday. And this is, oh, oh I've, I've put a new slide in there i forgot to activate it. But anyway, Rachel, um, little Ruthie came Friday. So now we have six grandkids f- from Rachel. So we don't get to see them as often as we like. And uh, there's Tina visiting the grandkids in Pensacola. And sometimes they come and visit us. And so that's Grandpa, me, and doing, doing uh, babysitting duty. Well, uh, our... The next daughter, Sarah, graduated with a degree in art from Pensacola, and she was hired by them to work in the Abeka book company illustrating uh, textbooks for children. Uh, Her twin, uh, Kristen, is the one that just got married this uh, last July. I had the privilege of walking her down the aisle. She married this uh, Puerto Rican gentleman, Danny Becerra. He is the son of a pastor that I work with and teaches at the Bible College I teach at also. So we we're, we're, we know each other well. Uh, he is going. He's getting his master's degree from Pensacola Christian College right now in graphic arts. Well, uh, also. Uh, Sarah is not married yet, but she's engaged to the gentleman on the far right who is a student of mine, okay? So, you know, so we, through our ministry, we've acquired a number of son-in-laws, okay? Okay, for our daughters. So we have a happy family, and the nice thing is that they're all involved in the local churches. I told my daughters they did not have to marry a pastor or a missionary or, you know, anybody in full-time Christian service to make us happy. I just wanted them to marry somebody that was active in their church and just would not be content to sit there as a spectator, but felt they should be involved and give back. Somebody like that. And, and so far, they've taken my advice. <laughs> so it's worked out real well for, for our family. Well, what is our family doing in Puerto Rico anyway? Well, we have a town of... Uh, how big is your town here? How big? Okay. Uh, Our town's about 4,000. This little... And the Puerto Ricans like to live really close together. In fact, when you hear a cell phone ring, it's a good thing that we have the different rings because when the neighbor's phone rings, you think it could be yours because they're so close. Anyway, about 4,000 people there. And uh, a lot of the houses don't have roads to them, right? We go upstairs like this, and, you know, the people come out, sit in their hammocks, and bring us coffee and sandwiches, and we talk to them, and we go to the next house, and they bring us coffee and sandwiches. And after about four houses, you have to go home because you can't eat any more sandwiches. So. So, they're very receptive, very receptive. Uh, we, we got a sign, a Baptist church, that says Christ is the answer. Uh, Some people think that's the name of our church. You know, Christ is the Answer Baptist Church. But we go with that. That's fine. And so uh, it's a little urban church right in the main street that goes through the center town, the small town. Uh, Inside that church, we preach the gospel. We work with, you know, the people that come and uh, they preach with us. We have Sunday school, different ministries, vacation Bible schools. Uh, you know, just a little uh, storefront downtown, and we that's all the garden we got, but we, we try to improve it. Uh, sometimes we have to co- overcome obstacles to get to church. Uh, we have landslides frequently, and this is one of them that we had to go around. Uh, we have a concrete building, and they're great until they're not. And when the roof starts chipping apart and falling down, then that's an interior obstacle we had to fix. Uh, You know, you make repairs as you go. That's part of being a missionary. Uh, We congregate. We celebrate uh, special days. We teach people about giving and sharing. This gentleman brings papayas to share with us. And uh, a papaya like that will keep you in smoothies for a long time. <laughs> you know? Uh, ordaining people for the gospel ministry. Here's a gentleman that became ordained, wanted to be ordained in what people would consider. He was 65. Some people consider that retirement age, but he wanted to be ordained. And so he presented a, uh, a 32-page doctrinal statement. And we went over it with him, <laughs> you know. And uh, we were we ordained him and welcomed him to the, the group of pastors on the island. Well, I'm also involved in a Christian school. Here's some seventh graders. I give them devotions uh, every morning in the school year, uh, taking them to chapels. Uh, I also teach English to uh, Puerto Ricans there. There's some uh, high school kids that I've taught. Uh... We've had some issues in Puerto Rico. The government of Puerto Rico has tried to force the Christian schools to teach what they call gender perspective uh, curriculum. And, well, we don't like that. And we don't like the government telling us what to teach in the school. So we decided to get together with a bunch of our friends and put pro-family T-shirts. And we went down to the Capitol. And pretty much all the school teachers, Christian school teachers and concerned people, uh, we coordinated our t-shirts and we all showed up, (laughs) you know, at the Capitol. Uh, You know, it was was peaceful, but we just wanted to let them know uh, how many people felt a certain way. So we went to the Senate there and we went and prayed with other groups around the rotunda holding hands. Uh, We filled a a gallery area above the Senate and while they were uh, debating a bill. uh, We met with sympathetic uh, representatives. And there's a governor of Puerto Rico signing a bill passed because of our our, our lobbying uh, saying that the Christian schools don't have to teach that curriculum. So it it was a great win. Isn't it nice to win one? Isn't it nice? Well, we finally won one. This happened two months ago, so this is this is fresh. Anyway, uh, a big part of our ministry is Puerto Rico Baptist College. Despite the long name, it's a small school. We have like 15 students, you know, and uh, some of them, uh, well. It costs about $450 a month for these students, for room, board, and tuition. And that's not very much by U.S. standards, but it's pretty a lot by their standards. But we get students from different countries. They, they come to, well, to get a good education, the Bible. Uh, the young men mostly are there to become pastors or missionaries or evangelists or Christian educators. Uh... We don't have. We only have about one or two classrooms in that little school. So our home is about two blocks away. So we we are an adjunct campus. <laughs> our house, and there we are practicing having the kids practice baptisms in our pool. Uh, the girls use our kitchen to do chemistry experiments. <laughs> you know, I sacrifice old computers that don't work anymore for my our uh, physics class. <laughs> uh, They're doing a a science display of of acids and bases there in our dining room. And um, building using our marshmallows and toothpicks to make molecular models for for chemistry. And uh, we are doing exothermic reactions in our backyard. (laughs) You know, for teaching that. Why do we teach all those other classes besides Bible? Shouldn't a missionary be just teaching Bible? Well, guess what? We need Christian school teachers. And so part of our job is to train them as well to provide for their Christian school. So uh, my wife is heavily involved. She's our cook, uh, and she makes multiple runs to, to, we have a Costco and a Sam's Club. And so she makes trips there, uh, filling up our little Honda Fit uh, numerous times, uh, training a kitchen crew, making lots of rice and beans. If they don't eat rice and beans every day, they don't think they had dinner. And so that's a a big part of our our food there. And uh, trying to... These kids are from different countries, so they don't get to go home on the weekends like maybe U.S. kids do. And so, you know, that's part of their morale. And speaking of morale, they can't go home during Easter or Christmas. They can't afford to go to Peru and Bolivia and back. And so uh, we have them into our homes and, and try to, you know gift exchanges, and, and just try to kind of be like substitute moms and dads for them. And uh, they, like, they like cramming into a little house. <laughs> they like that. So, uh, well, it's not all about what happens in the classroom or in the chapel. We go out as a school. The students pray for the community. Uh, they use their various gifts to, to minister. Uh, to minister. Um We have a missions emphasis they set up booths. they represent different countries, like these two guys from Bolivia represented their country, uh, singing their national anthems. Uh, we had a group from Colombia uh, we also have a Cooking contest, they all compete, to, and then we have judges to see who cooked the, the best food. So we had a group for Colombia, they also like dressing up in the local uh, folkloric costumes from their nations. Uh, we have people from Spain, Venezuela, uh, Mexico, and uh, Texas right there. <laughs> uh, also, this country is not represented in our student body, but we have different students dress up like from different continents. And then, uh, that goes on, not just in the classroom, but during the week. And so, th- then we award prizes for who, who did the best job. So, that's how promote missions consciousness. Uh, with this, year, this last year, we had Peru. Uh, that's Dominican Republic. Uh, Mexico. And, well, that, that takes us to the graduation banquet. Uh, where we honor the students, we have the graduation, students are ready to go, and we're done, right? No. But do you ever hear of a college student that came back home after college? You ever heard of such a thing? Yeah, well, sometimes they need help getting launched, right? And so since our daughters have gone to college, we have some empty rooms, and this young lady... Uh, she was at the graduation uh, banquet, graduated, where she stayed with us for a number of years. She was from the Dominican Republic. She couldn't go home, and so she's in Puerto Rico now. Now she has her own apartment. The girl on the right, She she's uh, uh, from San Salvador to California, and then she came to us to study. And she went back, Uh, her mom was having cancer in California, she left. This guy from Bolivia stayed with us for like a year. He saved up money, and when she came back, they got married, and then they they both moved out. So so anyway, that was a good, that was a fun story. These two girls lived with us for three years. They're from the Dominican Republic also. And so uh, they graduated, they became school teachers uh, at a Christian school, and eventually were able to get their own apartment. Uh, so they become when they when teenagers or our college kids live with you like that they become part of the family, you know. And so we are happy to use our home. And the word got out, and this pastor had these two kids, and he asked if his two kids could live with us uh, while they're going to college. And so we we housed them. The girl left; she got married, but her brother stayed with us. He's been with us for five years now, and he's watching the house for us while we're gone. He's a great guy. Great guy. His cousin came to live with us this summer, but he's leaving at the end of the summer, I hope. (laughs) Well, he's a nice guy. I'll just put it that way. But, you know. So anyway, this young man, he was going to get married after graduation, but he needed a place to stay for two months. So he's actually preaching for me in my church while I'm gone. He's he's from the Dominican Republic also. So, well, do they ever get launched? Yeah. The uh, gentleman on the right, He's from the island of St. Lucia, and he, now he's teaching, uh, he's assistant pastor of a, of a church, uh, 40 minutes up higher in the mountains from where I am. The gentleman on the left is from central Mexico. He came out to study with us. He was one of the people that stayed in our home. He met this young lady. Uh, he moved out, and uh, they got married, started their family. And after he was my assistant pastor for two years, he went to the east part of the island, and that's his church. doing a great job. Uh, His sister came to our college, and her husband, they graduated. He built a church, literally, in Tijuana, Mexico. You've heard of Tijuana? He built a church there. He preached there, preaches there. And they have a nice little congregation that they've started recently. So uh, this couple came from uh, Colombia from Colombia. And they went to their their nation to start a deaf ministry. So that's their little deaf church they started. More recently, um, this young lady, she came from Peru to study in Puerto Rico with us. She taught our twins, helped teach our twins, twin girls Spanish when they were in high school. She met this guy that came from Colombia. And she married him and they went to his nation, of Colombia. He preaches teaches, baptizes, and that's his church in Bogota, the, the capital of Colombia. So, all this to stay is that little island in red has proven to be, lived up to its strategic promise. Puerto Rico is where home missions becomes foreign missions. It's home missions because it's part of the U.S., and we're we're kind of home missionaries. But by going there, we've been able to reach the nations around us. And then those people come to Puerto Rico, and many Puerto Ricans come into the United States bringing the gospel with them. So it's home missions becoming foreign missions, and foreign missions ping-ponging back and becoming home missions all over again. So, isn't that great? We think it's great. <laughs> we're thrilled. We're happy. You know, we didn't know we were going to get all of these dominoes, or the God's dominoes. You know, we're just happy to have been in, in that line, you know, and to be able to see, live long enough to see uh, the fruit spring up in other nations far from us. So, and that's who we are, Stephen, Tina, Pilgrim, in Puerto Rico. Well, having said that... Um, Pastor, what time is your service usually over? What? Ten forty-five. Okay. Well, we're we're good then, right? So um, let's just turn in our Bibles, if you'd be so kind. I'd like to share a few verses with you. First Corinthians four fifteen. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a verse. I'm going to leave a blank, and I want you to fill in the blank. Now, your Bible version might be different. And if it's different, just guess what the word is. We'll see, see how close you get. Okay? 1 Corinthians 4.15. Chapter 4, verse 15 of 1 Corinthians. For though ye have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet ye have not many blank. Fathers, for in Christ Jesus, I have blank you through the gospel. Begotten. What's that? What's this idea of father? What's begotten? What is that? It's having a baby, right? Fathering a child. And so, he's I begotten you through the gospel. So, this, Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians. He's a missionary. He was doing missionary work in Corinth. And this shows that missionary work is about evangelism. He preached the gospel there. they had many people to teach them, to disciple them, to instruct them. But there was one person that presented the gospel in such a way that they became born again. They were begotten, into, born again into God's family. And this also shows that salvation is a family relationship. It's become becoming part of God's family, responding to God's claim on your life, and re- saying yes. And how do you become part of a family? Do you know how the three ways? Do you know the three ways you become part of a family? You're born into it. You're married into it, or you're adopted into it. And all of those illustrations, the Bible uses to explain how we become part of God's people, you know, His church, and and those who are called saved. So it's all about it's about relationships, right? Missionary work is about evangelism. He is that person that presented the gospel, and he did present the gospel, and he viewed the people that responded as his children, his spiritual progeny. Well, so missionary work is about evangelism. Well, but is that it? Let's look at Galatians chapter four, verse 19. Another chapter four, but this time in Galatians, Galatians 4:19. And Paul says, "My little children, my little children." I have a lady talk to me one time. I was talking to her little, her little son and her little daughter. I was having a conversation with them at dinner. And la- later on she said, I have to hand it to you. A lot of people just barely, barely, barely tolerate my children. But you talk to them like they're people. And I said, ma'am, your children are people. <laughs> they're people. How <laughs> else when I talk to them? <laughs> you know, some some people think of children as separate creatures, different species, or something. But they're people. You know, so uh, they. Uh, my little children. Okay, but they're people. You have your children. Are that my little children? That's a term of intimacy. So he is this. This it's the ministry, missions is about working with people people in an intimate way okay it's, an, it's not just turning a crank on some kind of machine or knowing the right formula and pushing the right buttons it's about having a relationship with people that involves a, some kind of level of compassion okay my little children of whom I blank and blank my, my version says travail and birth does your version say something like that? What is yours what your say? Whatever whatever it is, it's not a happy time. There's pain involved. You know, bringing a new person in the world often involves some level of pain, doesn't it? Some level of discomfort, some level of pain. Sometimes a lot of pain. And so, uh, sometimes a lot of waiting involved. So, travail and birth. So, there's a struggle involved. Is that fun? Does it say... Is missions all about eating new foods and meeting new people and, and, and like being a tourist? You know, no, missionary work can be like not fun. There's a lot of days it's just no fun. You know, it's travail. It's painful. But you know what? Notice he says, I travail in birth. What's the next word? Again. He, he, again. In other words, sometimes it can be frustrating. Sometimes you have to go over the same ground over again. And until Christ be what in you formed, it's work with a goal. Missionary work is it's it's with people. It's maybe not fun. Maybe it seems futile at times. You have to redo it and redo it and and work with them again. But it's all with a goal in mind. Not till I bring you to Christ in heaven. But that, that Christ in heaven be manifest in your life and your life be changed so Christ is visible in you. So Christ in heaven becomes visible in you, manifest in your life. So that's important. That Christ be formed in you. It's about leading people from the point of evangelism where they become born again to the point of maturity in the Christian faith. Where the, the DN, God's DNA Becomes more evident and evident in, in their lives as as they mature. Now, one more verse here. First Timothy one eighteen. First Timothy one eighteen. One, 1. eighteen. First Timothy. This charge I commit unto thee blank Timothy Son Son Timothy was saved. He was the result of evangelism, not Paul's. His his grandmother was saved, his mother was saved, and Timothy was saved. Some personal in-house evangelism of the mother, probably. So but he was he was nurtured in the faith he was discipled in the faith he was he was he was there paul met him he he had a great name he was recommended to paul when paul was in the area so he was already ready to to be involved in ministry so he had already passed through these first two steps but paul viewed him as a son a son because they had that special relationship they served together he was not just he was born again he 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 experienced evangelism in a positive way. He experienced discipleship in a positive way. He showed results, and now he began serving serving in the church, serving with the missionary, and they become companions in the in the Lord's work. And it came to the point where Paul viewed him as his own son, the own his own son. That's about relationships too, and that's part of what a missionary does. You have a you. you bring somebody to the Lord, you disciple them, and you train them and work with them to do what? It says, this blank, I blank unto thee. This charge, this work, this responsibility, I'm putting into your hands. I'm committing this to you. And why? Because I'm leaving this world. In Second Timothy, we find Paul, This you know, his day is short. Any moment, the Roman centurion will, or Roman guard will come and execute him, ex- um, execute him, leading him uh, six miles or so out in the Ostian Way and and have him kneel down and he's going to be beheaded. He doesn't know when that's going to happen but it could be any minute. And he's, he's leaving this ministry. Who's going to carry this on when I'm gone? And he's looking to Timothy to make that happen. And Timothy responded to that. We find in the, the end of the book of Hebrews that you know our, it talks about our beloved brother Timothy that's in jail apparently he, for the ministry and, and so he, 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 he continues Paul's work later. So, uh, So that's what missionary work is about. Evangelism, discipleship, training. It's about people. It's about hardships. It's about work. It's about no fun. Then it's about joy. And it's about having Christ formed in those people in such a way that, not just for their own personal pleasure experience, but so that they can carry on the work of the ministry to the next generation. And I'm just going to end with a... A quick look at Psalms 127. If you could go with us there. Psalms 127. We began in Psalms and we're going to end in Psalms. 127. Many people are really love this psalm. This is a really wonderful psalm. It's got precious verses. One is short, and that's always good, right? Nice short chapter. And uh, it talks about, you know, God giving you, taking care of your family. It's got wonderful verses. My favorite verse in here is at the end of verse 2, where it says, God giveth his beloved sleep. And so, I always say, people that are sleeping at church, God loves them very much, because he, you know... They're participating in that blessing right then. But what, what, what my interest is today is paralleling what happens in this psalms with the verses we just read. See if you can see it. In, in verse 3. Lo, blank, are heritage of the Lord.
0: Sons.
1: Yeah, sons. Or children. You know, your children. Your daughters too. Right? They come from God, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that sons in the generic sense, yeah. you know. Uh, so, sons or children, they're heritage of the Lord. Now, we're a heritage. Heritage is something you leave. So, how could her- children be our heritage? You know, we leave things to our kids, and we are their heritage. But it says, "Kids, no, they're from God. They are our. They make heritage possible because the children in our lives, there's somebody to leave the stuff to. There's something, somebody to work for. There's somebody to teach, so they can teach those things to the next generation. So, God giving us children makes heritage possible, and it enables the heritage, the whole idea of it, to, to occur. So, in the church." People that come to Christ are the children of those who, who, who are, are reaching out in community with the gospel. And so they are the children of the church. And so they, they make the heritage, being able to pass on what we've received, it makes it possible to the next generation. And it says, the fruit of the womb is his reward. And I like verse 4, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of, are of youth. How is a kid like an arrow? Well, some people say they're painful. (laughs) No, but an arrow, an arrow in the hands of a mighty warrior, a mighty man, what can a mighty man do with an arrow? Why does that say a wimpy guy? An arrow, an arrow would still be an arrow if it was in the hand of a wimpy guy. But it says in the hand of a warrior, a mighty man. That means that you get the picture of him really drawing that string back. Right? A strong guy. And he lets that arrow go. The arrow can go faster than the shooter. It can go higher than the shooter. It can go farther. It can go where he can't go and it can do what he can't do. Isn't that what children are? You know, they're going into the future. Maybe maybe you won't be here for 50 years, but your kids could be. You see what I'm saying? They can go where you can't go. A land called the future. They can go ahead where you can't be. And they can do things that you can't do. But you're the one that launched them. You're the one that that gave them the power and and helped make that possible. So, uh, we can see that there's a relationship between parent and child. Those who are doing the launching and those who are launched. Okay? And it says, uh, Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, Notice, the more the better. And you know what? It can bring joy to your heart. Children that are successfully launched, and new believers that are successfully uh, discipled, so that they can go forward, and and with the gospel, same gospel message, and the same and, and the, uh, helping the body. That someday you'll leave the church, but maybe your children will be here, keep helping the church move forward in the community. So all of that can make you happy and joyful that that heritage that we've received from the Lord can be passed on in that spiritual way to the next generation. And they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Well, someday mom is going to be too weak to defend the home, and dad might be too weak to defend the family. But you know, a strong son and, and capable, equipped daughter, and they can, they can step in and, and help mom and dad uh, defend themselves, protect themselves when, when they're not able. And then, and you can imagine in the church when when we leave, who's going to protect this church from from uh, insidious influences of Satan and the attacks of the, the demonic attacks? And, and attacks on the world, the flesh and the devil. Who's going to protect our church? Well, when we're not there, who's going to safeguard our, safeguard our children? Our children. Our equipped children that have Christ formed in them. And how does that happen? It all happens through evangelism, discipleship, passing on to the next generation what will we receive from the Lord. And we won't be ashamed. We'll be happy, full of joy. Isn't that great? Amen. And that's what the mission is about. And I think that's what this church is about, right? Evangelism, discipleship, training, and and forming Christ in you so you can experience that joy and not be ashamed. Well, God bless you. It's 1045, and I'm done. Thank you.